Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. In today's conversation, I have my friend Steve Grace with me. Steve and his wife, Carrie, hail all the way from the Sunshine Coast of Australia. This is an amazing couple who made a massive impact in my life uh, back in 2010 when I spent four months with them on the road doing a tour, an entire lap of the country of Australia with uh, music evangelism and getting to see the Lord use the ministry and the music of him and his family uh, in that way. It was an amazing and transformative time, really a formidable time in my life as a 18, 19 year old that uh, I'll never forget because of its impact. Steve has over 22 albums that he has put out and beyond that, 40 plus years of music ministry and evangelism, preaching and sharing the gospel message with people all over the world, but more specifically, the entire country of Australia, from rural towns to stadiums full of people. This has been a man through and through who's been transformed by the power of the, the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ and uh, is the real deal. He's authentic. He's uh not 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 the kind of like uh, look at look at me and what I'm all about and what I can do. He's so humble, man. He's so genuine. And uh, the conversation we get to have today is one that I know is going to be super encouraging to your heart and challenging to you as you consider where you are in your life and the journey of being freed up from the things holding you back to being built up into who you were made to be. Enjoy this conversation with Steve today. If you want to help us continue to make an impact with this podcast week in and week out, consider joining our new Patreon community. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a part of helping us get the message and mission of the podcast out to more people more effectively. This is a way that we can come together as a community and you'll get access to behind the scenes stuff, additional resources and content and so much more for just as little as $5 a month. You can head over to chasemerrill.com and click Patreon to jump in and get started. Now let's jump into today's conversation. All right, here we go. I have my friend Steve Grace with me today on the podcast. Steve, man, welcome to the Chase Merrill podcast. How you doing, man? G'day, Chase Merrill. It's been quite a long time since we've um, been able to talk with each other. Yeah. But I've I got great memories of um, adventures that we've had probably, what, 13 years ago when it yeah. all started. Yeah. It's American. This American kid turned up, um, still trying to work out who he was and what he wanted to do with life. Um, but he, uh, he turned up on a tour bus with us as we were traveling around Australia and um, the rest is history. So great to be with you. Yeah, man. Thank you for taking the time. I know time zones and all of that. I, I, uh, are, are you know a part of all of this and the the time you're making to be here in a late evening you know for you over there in uh in in so i mean queensland i'm trying to remember all my my australia map right now queensland okay it's so the state of queensland because i mean there's a lot there's a lot of people that if they've if they've got you know most most americans context of australia is for the most part it's like sydney and it's like the outback, you know, uh, unless they've been there or they have some connection. But but you know, it's obviously much more extensive than that <laughs> and much more. Uh, but so will you do me a favor? Where are you at right now? And kind of maybe even just give people a snapshot uh, who, who you are in a snapshot that if they have no context of Steve Grace, uh, just to kind of get a little bit introduced to you. Uh, what can you give them a, a window into that? Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, good day to everyone who is listening 
and watching Chase's podcast. Um, appreciate your um, your interest in yeah. the journey. And as Chase has contacted a whole bunch of people from many different, um, well, many different ways of life, um, but people that have had a big influence on him. Um, I feel honoured to be to be invited to be uh, able to share a bit with you today. I'm at the moment uh, in the state of Queensland, which is a northeastern state. Our northeast is a little bit different to the northeast of the United States of America, where all those politicians live. Um, <laughs> yeah. Queensland is probably more, we probably more relate to Texans and people from Tennessee. Yeah. So we like country music. We don't mind um, having a gun in the house and uh, we love God. We love the Bible and uh, we love believing in people. Um, Queensland is a very friendly state. And if you ever get a chance to come to Australia, make sure you spend a lot of time in the state of Queensland. We've got the Great Barrier Reef, um, plenty of crocodiles, plenty of kangaroos, plenty yeah. of koalas. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a state, a uh, lot of cattle farming, a lot of um, wheat crops, grain crops. So it's a farming state. Yeah. But uh, where, where I live is on the Sunshine Coast, which is um, about an hour north of the city of Brisbane. And it's probably, man, it's actually probably more like Hawaii than anything. It's, it's quite subtropical and, um, yeah, a beautiful place to live. Uh, for the last 40 years, I've been involved in, music evangelism um, um we'll get into it later but i don't know how i got into music because i never ever thought i was good enough um i failed music in uh, year 10 in high school i actually got kicked out of music that's another <laughs> story um i still can't read music and yet i've recorded uh, 22 albums over a 36 year uh, music career Jeez. and um, I, I, the main reason, the main motivation for doing all of that was really to tell people about the change that Jesus made in my life and the change that he can make in yours. So um, I got into music evangelism in a very unorthodox way. I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to music conservatorium. I basically, um, the only things I'm qualified for is I've got a a, um, a tractor trailer license and I've got a an automate, automotive spray painting license. I don't know what you call that in America, but I paint cars and trucks. Yeah. And uh, that's my old trade. Um, I started singing in the pubs when I was about 17 years old. Um, really, be, the main reason was because the local pastor in my church would only let me sing once every six months in our local church. And I thought, I want to sing to people every Friday night. And the only place around town that you could do that was in the local pub. And the, the local Aussie pub, sadly, in many ways, has replaced the church in Australia. It's the place where people love to gather together for fellowship and, uh, you know, where they just want to sit around having a beer and sharing what life has been like for the last week. And I, it makes makes me a bit sad. I, know, I remember as a young man thinking, wow, why, why is everyone going to the pub and why are people not going to church? And uh, I thought, I'm going to go to the pub. I want to I find out what it's about. So 
you can't sing praise and worship songs in Australian pubs. You've got to write songs that relate to the people. And so I found myself writing songs that really connected with people. And a lot of times that's asking the right questions. And um, it's not always telling people the answer, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, you know, I look at the way that Jesus, um, the way he prepared the ground when he connected with people, even people that he was about to do a miracle in their lives, he always prepared the ground. And I saw my music as a way of preparing the ground for the gospel. And uh, so I started writing songs that were, um, man, almost like when you go fishing and you want to, th you throw out a little bit of bait into the water just to get the fish excited before you, you catch them. And uh, that's how I saw my music and my songwriting. So from an early age, this is back way before you were born, Chase. This is back in 1978. I started singing in pubs and uh, very quickly realized that people were hungry for truth. They were hungry for um, a knowledge of God and a relationship with God. They just didn't know how to get to him. They didn't know about, about Jesus. And yeah. uh, fortunately, religion has done a really bad job at representing the heart of God and the, the character of Jesus. But uh, I really wanted to use my music to do that. So I hope that sets a bit of a scene. I, I started recording albums and traveling throughout Australia. Um, I had a real heart for people in country towns, rural areas, farming areas, and also the indigenous peoples, the Aboriginal peoples of Australia. Um, I grew up in Papua New Guinea, so I had a real, a real love for indigenous people groups, and that's where my music has taken me over the years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, foundation space there, just for, for people to get a snapshot. There's, there's as as you were just going, I was just flooded with memories and uh, moments of of hearing you communicate and speak and share your heart whether it was one-on-one -on -one conversations or you know, from a platform to an audience of you know hundreds or up to a thousand of thousands when it came to that time we've spent together but and man okay so so uh, uh one more kind of uh introductory introductory kind of question just for people as well too so the um like family side of things where, where, where are you at right now in the season when it comes to who, who you're connected to from just like that world so people can have that kind of like uh, full full picture of you know what the last kind of 40 years has looked like and you know present kind of present where you are and then I'm gonna I'm gonna just dive in I, I'm, I'm I can't wait to share some of the the ways we kind of got connected and and jump into that more so I'm married to a, a beautiful lady called Kerry Grace we've been married for 42 years and uh, that's hey can we put me pause there that's amazing yeah, it is. 40, 40 plus years. Are you kidding me? Whew. Yeah, she's pretty good at putting up with me. <laughs> um, we've got three sons, Shane, Ryan, and Jordan, and uh, they all became great friends of Chase Merrill's uh, over over the years. We spent a couple of years living in Northern California, yeah, um, just out of Sacramento, and that's where the boys got to meet Chase. And... Um, yeah, I yeah, I'm a father of three sons, all very very uniquely different. Um, my oldest son Shane is um, a very very gifted man. Um, he's got a uh, 
I guess you'd call it a marketing and branding company, um, uh, a media company um, yeah. in Central Australia called Alice Springs Media. And uh, but without Shane, I would never would have been able to be as effective and influential with uh, with my music. He's done all my album covers and website designs and all that kind of stuff over the years. Um, my middle son Ryan uh, has been the uh, program director for an organisation called Teen Challenge yeah. um, for the last five years in Victoria. Unfortunately, um, uh, when COVID came along, he and his wife, Kathleen, were expecting their their first baby. They'd already lost one baby uh, during a pregnancy and um, the, the government demanded that they uh, be vaccinated for the COVID vaccine. And, um, and Ryan and Kathleen really had no peace at all about doing that. So they end up losing their jobs for that. Wow. So uh, Ryan is now a, uh, a professional counsel. He lives just 45 minutes down the road wow. from us. And so I get to hang out with my little grandson, Matthew, <laughs> on uh, every second week, which is beautiful. Uh, our youngest son, Jordan, and his wife, Paige, uh, and their son, Jameson, who's three years old, they live in Franklin, Tennessee, just out of Nashville. And uh, Jordan has pursued a professional songwriting career and is is doing really well with, with that. On Sundays, he's the worship pastor at a little Baptist church just out of Franklin. Yeah. Um, and on Wednesday nights, he leads worship at Bible study. But otherwise, the rest of the week, he's writing songs for um, secular artists. Yeah. And... Um, um, writing great songs and I'm really proud of him. He's, he's doing great with it. Yeah. And he's actually uh, a, a contestant on the voice, which starts, I think this week. In yeah. America. Let's go. I just, I just saw that post a couple, uh, a couple of days ago on his Instagram. That's, that's, that's so awesome. Oh man. So you'll probably see Kerry and me on the voice because they interviewed us and cool. Um, wanted to get to know who Jordan Grace was. So, um, yeah, that's been quite quite a, an adventure for him to be on. Yeah. But he's he's really loving writing songs for people and uh, doing well with it. So yeah. that's, that's our three boys. And, um, yeah, Chase came on the road with us back in 2010. The three boys were all involved in the band in one way or the other. And so um, they got to spend countless hours together traveling around experiencing Australia and um yeah it's um yeah you became a very special part of our family mate yeah well I felt I mean I felt immediately adopted in and so that's so I I actually I've actually had a podcast episode with Jordan on this uh 52 project um about I don't know 20 episodes ago and uh and so thinking about what yeah just and thanks for sharing that man i'm thinking about your sons i'm thinking about who they are and even the snapshot that i got to have with them over those four months when we were together in australia but i remember being a uh 16 i think i was yeah 16 17 year old i was working at chick-fil-a i shared a piece of the story on jordan's episode but i'm working at chick-fil-a in roseville california and at that time i had really been growing in my personal relationship with jesus through my church and youth ministry had had some genuine encounters with God where I was growing. And part of that was 
grown in the world of music and and worship leading and 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 there's a there's a a, a worship uh music ministry church ministry out of australia in sydney and called hillsong you know obviously lots going on with that world but that at that time that was such a significant um music ministry worship band that had been writing songs that for us in america and all over the world were a big part of like church services and moments in my youth group where man i was having some incredible encounters with the lord and so there was this draw at even at 15 16 to be like there's something around that, man. If I could get to Australia someday, these guys got this passion and love for Jesus that just seems like it's it's out of this world. And so there was always this little seed planted of like one day I'm going to I'm going to go to Australia and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to I'm I just got to go and and see what God's doing out there. And then I'm ki- I kid you not, like just within months of that world really starting to stir up in me. Uh I'm I'm at Chick-fil-A and I'm doing something out of register and I hear these these Australian accents by three or four of them coming into the Chick-fil-A and they're talking and they're just they're just not the normal like American, you know, like even just the way we just come into an environment at that time. It just was like there was life coming out of them and and I'm like this this sounds like an Australian accent, you know, I don't know for sure what but and uh and you know lo and behold it's 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 Shane and Jordan and 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 I I don't think Ryan was there but maybe he was but and I met them and I started asking some questions and uh I remember something along the lines of like you know just man we should get together or we should and I don't know I don't know what happened there but I was like this why are you guys here you know like oh we're living here for you know a couple years our parents are connected to a ministry out here called I think it was World Missions or something like that at the time um and uh, and so that's where it started. And then when I started writing music in this season of my life where I just graduated high school, I'd been starting to get more into that world of singing and songwriting and trying to figure out who I was in that space, really insecure about it. I mean, really um, on the t- towing the line between, man, am I really going to try to do this and let people hear this or sing in front of people or or not. I'd been leading worship before, but it was different writing music. They felt more vulnerable. It felt more like I was exposing myself to the world in a different kind of way. And, uh, and I remember making the, making the plunge. I'm going to do it. Um, getting some pictures taken, which felt really awkward. I mean, if, if anybody's ever gotten album artwork done with their own picture or, you know, headshots or whatever, there was, there was something about that that was hard as well. But uh, I never forget looking for a website designer because I'm like, I know I need a website and I'm searching all over. And one of the top searches popped up this this website designer called Grace Media. And I'm like, OK, and I'll, I'll reach out, send him a message um, like the work that he's doing. I saw a few other guys even locally in the Rockland, Sacramento area that had used Grace Media for their website design. And so reached out, sent him an email and um, I don't know how it all connected, but I realized this was two, two or three years after Chick-fil-A. Um, and I realized this is one of the dudes I met at Chick-fil-A that day at, you know, at 1516 Shane, because his name was so unique. Yeah, like, you know, I don't I know a lot of Shane spelled C-H-E-Y-N-E. I think that's how Shane spells his first name. Yeah, and right. it and it just stood out and I'm like that's got to be the guy and so then I begin to inquire and it all started to come together and connect and I'm like this is this is that group of you know and um through Shane making my website for me and kind of working with me on some marketing to to your point of how how you are part of where you are because of the giftings and the skill sets that 
that the Lord's given Shane and he's worked extremely hard to develop as well. He eventually was like, hey, my parents are coming in for a like a like a fundraising concert, if you will. Um, and uh, and are you open to to opening it and doing a few songs before my, my dad kind of does some songs and and shares? And, and I just was like, you know, yes, I don't even need to pray about it. You know, I'm there. Uh, and, uh, and so that's where, where, you know, again, I'm still figuring out who I am here and, but I, man, I made, this was, I have, I have a picture of it here. Um, this little, uh, this is my album right here. It's called just be okay. This was it. I, in fact, this is, it's, you can see if you're watching on the, the podcast, I have a crack this is my, this is my last, it's still in the, the rap. <laughs> this is my last CD, uh, pr- plastic CD that was, uh, reserved from the heritage tour that I brought with me that came back with me from that time. Uh, this was, this was a CD, um, played a few songs and man, I don't know what happened. And this would not even be a moment. You probably don't even remember. Cause it, you know, for me it was, it was extremely significant, but from the end of that time of the, the benefit concert, um, you did, you know, your music shared your heart and, and really you were talking about the heritage tour, which was about to be, this four-month tour evangelistic music tour in Australia doing an entire lap of Australia um, and and going into all of these cities and towns rural and 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 beyond to to share the new music um, from the album which really not so much new music as much as the heritage which actually I have have it right here here it is that's still yeah. that's still in the plastic wrap to heritage tour baby um, that you were, you know, coming to share some revamped hymns and just some great old, just rich songs, uh, and doing a whole lap of Australia. And, and anyway, at the end of the concert, um, benefit concert, you, you came up to me and, 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 and basically presented, Hey man, you know, what, what would you think about coming with us and being a part of this, uh, four month, you know, music tour and, and playing some of your songs and, and being open to doing some outreach into the schools with my sons. And, and I, I mean, I'll never forget. So Steve, I'll never forget, right. For me, I had been spent most of my life up to that point in the church and within those, the four walls of, of ministry in that way, as a high school student, young adult. And I, the thought of getting the opportunity to, to go to Australia and, and then do some of my own music, uh, but get to be a part of something much bigger than myself. Like it rocked my world. I couldn't believe I was getting that invite. And, uh, and so that's where, that's where it started again. Something I didn't need to even pray about, although I did, um, was, uh, was where this whole thing came together. And at, at 18, 19 years old, jumped, you know, on a plane to, to, I think it, I, I don't, I don't know if it went straight, straight to Brisbane or if it went to Sydney and then to Brisbane, but either way, I was on my way to Australia a few months later to join you guys for this four month lap of Australia for the heritage tour in 2010. Uh, and that's where it all, that's where it all came together. Wow. Wow. That's, um, yeah. Uh, the memories just flood back. Hey, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, like I was so excited back then, uh, for my boys, they, they were, you know, pursuing what I'd been doing all those years, which was, uh, it's, um, it's, it, it's not an easy road to go in Australia. Yeah. Uh, doing full-time music ministry. I, I was 
they probably say I'm one of the pioneers of it um, down under. Yeah. And uh, but and for the boys to be saying, Dad, we love what you're doing. We love the way that you're connecting with people. We want to do it with our music. It was pretty cool. And then for them to, um, you know, have some American buddies, um, Steve Denmark. Yes, Stephen Kent. <laughs> Stephen Kent, yeah. yeah, but but Stephen Denmark, yes, that's his music name, yeah. Music name now, yeah. Um, like I'm, yeah. I look back and I, I'm very, very. Um, well, I, I suppose just the the right kind of pride in you know, it just like wow, we uh, we kicked a few good goals on that trip, and it was by the end of it we were all exhausted. I I, I remember physically myself, I was just spent. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but what people need to know is, I said before, we did 79 concerts. They were Steve Grace Heritage concerts. But you guys, every town we went into, you went and did schools, sometimes yeah. two schools in a day. Yeah. Uh, leading up to the concert. And so you guys were just pouring yourself into those country towns and um, you know, a, a lot of people would come along. You guys would go and do a, a lunchtime concert in a school, yeah. And kids would go home and tell their parents, "We've got to go to the town hall for a concert." Yeah. So you, you worked so hard on that trip, and uh, um, it's it's pretty hard to explain to people, isn't it? Oh, like, it is so hard. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the so so a few of the things from the, that time that man that, that just that impacted me to this day like I'm so I'm lead, I'm 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 a, a lead pastor now here in Washington state and uh, you know have um the privilege of of shepherding and pastoring a, a a group of people and you know still um growing in in so many different ways but man there are still moments from that 4 months that well, that, that ring, ring deep into my DNA now, because it was such a formidable season in my life where I had stepped out in a different kind of faith and stretching, uh, of, of my comfort zone and the way you made space, right. You know, you, you guys had a, you guys had a way you did things and, and it was, man, it, it is, it was always about honoring people every single step of the way, whether it was, um, the, the drunk homeless man that, that walked up to the setup as we're setting something up, you know, for whatever in the, the middle of a dusty road in uh, in the outback or, um, you know, the, the lead pastor of a church of a thousand, whatever, the way I watched you treat every single person, like literally, like if, if Jesus was there and would have had moments of, of looking at the person and making them feel seen and valued, um, and, 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 and I watched, cause I got to see it from the behind the scenes. I got to see it when nobody else was watching, you know, it, where nobody else would see it and go, man, look at this guy or look at this family. And for four months, I watched you have moments with people, both seen and unseen that were, uh, so consistent. You didn't shift who you were or treat somebody differently when they're, what they had to offer was different. It, whether they had nothing to offer or everything to offer, whether it was a small church, of uh, 20 people that were going to show up for one of your concerts, um, the way you took the opportunity every single one of those nights or those days to give the people the best of you to, to the best of your ability. I just had never seen anything like it. I, I, there, I remember there being moments in the first few weeks where I thought, um, I, I don't know how, 
I don't know if this is real. And it wasn't like not being, it wasn't that I didn't experience authenticity from it, but I just figured at some point there's going to be a, a place where, uh, you know, he, the, there's no way he can treat everybody the same way. <laughs> like, and man, Steve, I'll never forget walking, walking out of that, uh, that trip, going back home to the States and going like, no, I mean, there is a way with, with Jesus to see everybody that you come across with the same value and honor, uh, of, of dignity of who they are. That blew my mind, man. It is. And it's ingrained in my soul to this day. There are still moments for me where I have encounters with people where I think about how you would embrace, you know, again, I'm thinking about some, 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 some drunk guys that came up to concerts and were coming up to you at the end, man. And, and we're overwhelmed with emotion because you know, they were wrestling with their own internal struggles, but, but God was moving in something because of your music and the way you would embrace them and talk to them and make space and time. Um, it marked me. It marked me in a significant way. And, and that, that's something that I, I also think, you know, you, you alluded to the, the rural towns, um, in, in some of those, those places and spaces that really captured your heart through the years. Uh, yeah. what, what I, what I could see and recognize was again, and you, you've, you've had the opportunities. I mean, you've, you've been a part of leading worship and, and, and singing your songs and music, for audiences of of thousands, you know, Billy Graham, Franklin Graham stuff and beyond coming to the States, big churches. Uh, and so it wasn't a matter of opportunity or invitation, but you intentionally sought out the, those small and rural places to, to make a priority to visit and to minister to. And, yeah. and it was, it was, and still is, pretty special again it's not something you only did once it's something you've done numerous times over your years of ministry and music and uh and i mean i just respect the heck out of it to i i don't i don't think it's as common anymore maybe and i don't even think it was as common even in the middle of your heyday for people to go you know what i could i could pursue more or whatever more is i could get a bigger audience i could say no to this invitation because it's maybe not enough people for my time or the, the uh, honorarium or whatever else may not even cover our expenses to get there. Uh, none of those things stopped you guys from putting some of these small little churches or communities on the map for our, our itinerary for the heritage tour. Yeah. T t tell me, tell me about that, man. Like what, why? And, and, and what, what has that really meant to you when it has come to you over the years of your ministry, seeing those people in a way that is no different than the, the room full of thousands, you know, or, or big platforms. There's a couple of verses in, I'm pretty sure it's Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 it says, there is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right. But this leads to poverty. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And I love that word scatters. He, he who scatters increases more. It's a biblical principle yeah. that, uh, Chase, when you and I give of ourselves, when we, when we scatter what we've known what we've experienced in the goodness of God, 
when we scatter that with people, it increases more. But if we were, if we withhold what is right, that will lead to poverty, a poverty of the spirit, which is a pretty bad place to be. Yeah. Um, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I, I think I, I learned that early on singing in the pubs, probably even earlier on as a kid growing up in the jungle highlands of Papua New Guinea, uh, a little country just north of Australia, um, a very mountainous little country, um, 861 different language groups. That's and my my mum and dad were missionaries back in the 1960s in Papua New Guinea. So I grew up as a little missionary kid in basically in villages in the jungle highlands of New Guinea. And um, my dad was a, a Bible translator with an organization called Wycliffe Bible Translators or Wycliffe Bible Translators. And, but he was also a, a, a carpenter. He was also a, a builder and was involved in, building the, the mission station, which is still today a town called Ukarumpa in the jungle highlands of New Guinea. Wow. And it, it became the largest mission station in the world. And it, it, at its prime, it would have had over 1,200 Australian, South African, American, Canadian, New Zealand, English, Dutch missionaries all working together to translate these very complicated languages um, of the Bible. And so I grew up in that environment and I can always remember as a little kid when somebody special came to visit and the effort that, that they would have to make to come to, to our little, little jungle highlands mission station, they would have to fly from um, whatever country they were coming uh, from to Port Moresby, which is the capital of New Guinea. Then they'd get on a smaller plane and fly to another another town. And then they would get on a little Cessna, a little um, or a Piper, and 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 fly to Ukarumpa in this little tiny landing strip. And so it was a lot of effort. And I can always remember as a kid when somebody came, how special it made us feel that these people went to all that effort to come and encourage us. And so I kind of grew up with that. Yeah. I don't know if, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that wherever you go, if you can make people feel um, as important as God sees them, wherever they're at, whether they're in a big city or whether they're in a little country town, if you can make them feel important and encourage them and exhort them, it really becomes a prophetic thing where you're you're um, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak prophetically into people's lives because you're only there for a short moment, but you have this moment to speak life and speak hope and um, and speak vision into somebody's life. And I, I, I've always loved using my music to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It. it... It does. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that piece. I, I think that um, for, for to, today's day, especially in, in the, the, the Americanized culture that, you know, that I'm in, but that has also impacted a lot of the, the world. Um, it, it, that's really, that's really lost in a lot of ways. And, and so much of it's just because of this constant 
um, allure or, you know, I think even demand that's not actually a genuine demand. It's just a perceived demand to have a larger audience, whether it's a social media audience, whether it's a practical physical audience. There's always this this like who, how many likes, how many views, how many listens, how many streams, how many and all of that's, you know, again, there's there's definitely metrics of impact and success there. But I think what can get lost for a lot of a lot of people, a lot of Christians is that just the significance of in, in the kingdom of God, it, it doesn't always look the same way like that, that one that Jesus would pause his ministry for. Uh, or pause his uh, his his travels and 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 have a moment that was unplanned with the one person to make them feel and see um, how significant they were to be seen by him, loved by him, cared for by him. Um, gets lost a lot because it's it doesn't appear to be as Im- impactful maybe to what's potentially out there. I just watched you do that time and time again and thought to myself, this is actually how it's supposed to go, and I don't want to get. I don't ever want to lose that. I don't ever want to lose what I'm watching Steve and Carrie demonstrate um, day in and day out with the people that we got the privilege to get to get to serve and to to get to meet and do ministry with. And uh, I mean, that really has carried into who who I am to this day. I mean, I, on a really really deep deep level, it was significant. And I think um, you know another piece to that was the way that I watched um, when it came to uh, the, so there's two sides of this. There's like the, there's the faith side. I I also hadn't necessarily seen yet in my, you know, young 18, 19 years of, of life, uh, that came with what one of one, it it actually started with, um, the, for me, the belief of God providing the finances for me to, to even come out and to be a part of the trip with you guys. Um, yeah. which, which he provided for pretty miraculously. I mean, in insane ways, like the way he showed up was so I knew the Lord was all over it because of the, the ways that he, you know, he helped make that happen so quickly for me. But then I got there. Right. And, and you guys were so gracious. Um, I got to learn so much from you and Carrie as you allowed us into the process of like, okay, you know, here's where we're at, man. And here's what we're praying for. And okay, this we're praying for uh, the Lord to either help us uh, fix this vehicle or provide us a new vehicle or, uh, you know, whatever some of these fuel costs or whatever else. And um, that was the other thing I watched was you, you guys really had to live this day by day by faith. And I knew it wasn't brand new to you. I knew you'd been doing it for a while, but, uh, to have 40 plus years of kind of walking in this uh, world of music evangelism and stepping out in some pretty significant faith like you have, um, I, I got a, a front row seat of, of what a real life of faith looks like in that four months with you guys on that tour. And uh, will you, will you just, you know, share, share a piece of your heart there in that way. Maybe, you know, just some of your journeying and how you guys have seen the Lord show up in ways, uh, maybe that you'd never expected, or, you know, just that journey of faith for you over the years, like, like how, how, and that's a lot, that's, I'm sure you could spend hours talking about that, but for people listening that man, they, they really don't even have a relationship with faith, not so much with like God, but like the the concept of really living in a space of without because they're trusting the Lord to provide. 
what is that like? What has that been like? And, and what would you say in that space to people to encourage or challenge them based on, man, some of the things that you guys have walked out and walked through in your journey of faith? And you probably got to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, totally. On that four-month intensive tour that you were on with us. But uh, in a nutshell, um, if for anyone listening, every, every challenge that comes along in your life, um, the little motto, if you want to call it, that I've always had is, is this, expect mistakes and expect miracles. That's good. You go into every day of your life, and if you are expecting that some things are, are going to fall apart, some things are not going to work out the way you had planned them or intended them to, but at the same time, you're living in this spirit of expecting that there is a God and that he loves me and he will intervene miraculously at any time. And so you're expecting the wheels to fall off, but you're also expecting that God's going to turn up and provide some new wheels. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, good. Um, that's and a that, great way. And that happened on that, that trip a few days into the tour. Our, Kerry's and my, our four by four, it literally disintegrated the engine. It was like a $10,000 repair job and it was going to take months to repair. And um, we did the concert that night, uh, knowing that our car was on the side of the road completely with a, a blown, literally a blown motor. And one of the, the, the wives of one of the local farmers came up at the end of the night and said, We've just bought a brand new um, Nissan Patrol um, 4x4. Um, I don't really need it yet because I've still got my old car. Why don't you borrow that until you can sort out your problem? So the next day, we've, we've got a concert the next night and we had to get moving. Literally, we hooked up this borrowed car the next morning and the tour did not miss a beat. Yeah. And, and then miraculously, a couple of weeks later, we uh, we ended up with a, a, a beautiful new vehicle to, to complete the rest of the tour. That was just a couple of days into a 16,000-mile yeah. tour. So, yeah, expect mistakes and expect miracles. If you can live with that kind of attitude, it really does set you up for success because you know that um, people are going to let you down. You know that even at times you're going to let yourself down. And that's probably one of the, the big ones is when we fail as Christians to fully comprehend the grace of God that we live under. Uh, I know I've really struggled with this um, at different seasons in my life is um, that feeling of unworthiness. It's like, no, I've done too much bad stuff for God to ever forgive me, ever want me. I'm never going to step foot inside a church again because I'm just not good enough for those people. And that's the lie of the enemy. Yeah. And even if you're listening here um, to Chase and, and my conversation, uh, you are worthy. And uh, no matter what the enemy has done to try and and tell you that you're never going to be good enough, that, that, that uh, you've done too much bad stuff, it's not true. Yeah. Um, the truth is, is that Jesus loves you. 
He adores you. He will never, ever change his mind about what he thinks about you. And I love that about the gospel because i got to tell you, I've, I've made plenty of big mistakes in my life, even as a Christian man, yeah. even as a husband, even as a father. I've let my family down. And yet to know that the grace of God, the forgiveness of what why Jesus went to the cross, that's what sustains me. That's what empowers me to keep going and uh, enables me to expect that mistakes are going to happen tomorrow, but miracles are going to follow soon after. Yeah, so good. So good. The uh, that, that genuine understanding and experience of, of Jesus uh, and an actual relationship with him was evident to me in that time when it came to you and Carrie and the other piece to that that I got to experience and see that I know has continued obviously was before and has continued after the time that we spent together was um, that the that there was this uh, your value of of getting in the word of reading the scriptures I mean I'll never forget um, I don't know if you handed them out at the beginning of the tour or what but we got those uh, those yearly Bible um and, you know, kind of every day there was a, you could read through the Bible in a year, but it had it already prepackaged, right? I think I have it in my bookshelf back there somewhere. Um, the one year Bible. The one year Bible. Yeah. And, uh, and just watching, waking up on mornings, you know, where we'd be somewhere and, and, and coming out of the caravan uh, or you guys coming out of the caravan. Sometimes we were in, um, they were called swags. Is that what they're called? I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's the best. And but seeing you know you you and Carrie in your Bibles, like reading the Word, and it wasn't for an audience on a platform, or, you know, or just because you had a, a message that you needed to share. It was like you were you were really digging in for your own personal relationship to feed your soul. Um, again, watching that day after day after day to see people who were who were who whose primary. Um, quote unquote job, if you will, or calling was to be on a platform and sharing, you know, music or whatever. Uh, and yet the private, you know, place where nobody was going to see that was happening and being invested in. And there, that, that, that also was that piece for me that I was like, okay, that this is how you do it. If you're going to sustain, you know, the mountaintops and the, the low valleys of life that are going to come, uh, and the Lord's going to use you to make an impact in people's lives Wh- where it starts and where it has to continue to come back to you is getting in the word and getting alone with, with God per- daily so that you're, you're being sustained through that. I watched you guys do that in such a consistent and profound way as a 18, 19 year old that, that marked me uh, as well that, that I went, okay, this isn't just about what I appear to in front of people when everybody's watching. It is really also about how I am in investing in my relationship with Jesus when no one's watching. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for, for being genuine in that because it, you know, again, and it wasn't maybe something it will, it was something I was catching more than maybe you, or, you know, a caught more than taught thing, but, uh, but it was powerful and still to this day has made an impact for me. And you know what, Steve, I mean, that's that right there's impacted my marriage. It's impacted yeah. me as a father to four kids that I'm, you know, doing, doing my best to partner with my wife to raise and love well. And, and, um, and I know there were seeds planted in that four months where I went, okay, this is significant. I don't want to lose this. I need to be investing in this space now. Yeah. Good habits to get into your life and 
you never let go of them. Well, Carrie and I still wake up every morning and do the one year Bible. So um, cool. I don't I don't know how many years we've done it. And um, but it's it's just a good habit to get into is the the first thing when you wake up is is the word of God. And every day one little verse, one little line will speak to me. And that's that's the incredible friendship of the Holy Spirit yeah. that permeates through, through the entire word of God. Um, you can be reading through Deuteronomy or Judges or, you know, one of those Old Testament books and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's been that was a good habit to get into. And we're still doing it. Yeah. The um, there's a there's a few more things and 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 we'll kind of wrap up here in a moment, which is with that question I kind of mentioned just about, um, you know, the whole idea of the, the why of this podcast is to help people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be and hearing maybe something from from your life that you would say um, you've you've overcome that you were uh, held back by at some point. But but before jumping into that and wrapping up the uh, the the other the other piece, when I think about Stephen Carey Grace that um is going to be a part of is now currently but will continue to be a part of the legacy of who you guys are and how you poured yourself into people is the way that you you made space for for people around you to grow and get opportunities to be stretched uh, even with the the opportunities maybe that were better suited for you to have and to hold on to um, you created and made space for others to to get to share your platform, if you will, or your uh, opportunities. Um, and and I'm sure at times, you know, that there were. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about. First of all, I, I felt I might have even said this to Jordan when we. I feel like there's there's a there's just a, a an overall uh, like apology at at some level. I feel like as a as the young American that I am or was and you know still have pieces of coming into you know the the uh, the Grace family and the Australian you know you know world coming as this young American. I'll tell you what. One of the things that came out of that was recognizing like oh this really this isn't this isn't all about me. And watching the the way you guys graciously uh, were patiently watched me learn and navigate that as a young you know young coming in young hot fresh American like I'm ready to take all this stuff on um, you know was so was so gracious I feel like there's lots of things I should apologize for even to, to this day for the way that I came into that you know but learned very quickly um, now this isn't about us this is about what Jesus is doing and. And, and we all humble ourselves and serve and work hard and work with a good attitude. And But one of the opportunities that you made space for at one point was, uh, was I don't know, it was, it was uh, I think we had a, a little, like a couple days of a break and there was a pub, like kind of, not really a pub, but it was like a, uh, I forget, I forget where it was. I think we even, it might even be on one of the episodes of that, that, uh, kind of the documentary thing that uh like a, an, an outdoor stage at a bar yeah there you go there you go that's exactly what it was. and i remember you at that stage saying i think chase should do one of his songs you know for that for tonight you know or maybe maybe we should and i was you know like what no like i have a like a, a love song about taylor swift that's like that's what i've got outside of uh you know, so but you're like i think you should do it i think you know i think you should give it a go um just the way you you encouraged people and made space um even at times if it meant 
you know, it was going to be a, a less than product or experience uh, that that to some degree you were putting your name on. Um, I watched you do that. And, 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 you know, even with your own children, which blew my mind, man, your kids are so gifted, unbelievably gifted. I, Shane, Ryan and Jordan, all three of them. It was so cool to get to see that dynamic through those four months and they're unique all different and unique but good lord they are just incredible incredible men and uh the space that you made for them um to to be themselves to be who who they were made to be to to be able to give space to figure some of you know who they were out on that time uh it's something that to this day as i'm leading leading a, a church um leading teams leading people I, I, I caught that. And even when maybe it's my quote unquote responsibility or, or opportunity, um, I'm always looking for ways to share the platform or to, you know, give away my opportunity to somebody else at times that, who, who may be less experienced or whatever, because I recognize at the end of the day, you know, this isn't about me growing me and my name or my impact or influence it's it's about how i can even use what god's given me and steward it to to help others and lift others up that was caught man you never talked about that explicitly but i watched it and that i mean i i could also attribute that to i think in a large part so much of um the 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 impact that i've been able to have since then in people's lives in ministry and leadership now because it's um it was big, man. It was big at 1819 to see that and go again, this is how you do it. And, uh, so thank you for that because I, you know, I think that there are people around me now who have, whether they realize it or not, are recipients of that, um, that kind of principle that I got to see on display through you guys at really <laughs> in that four months when, when we were together. Um, that was, that was big. That was a really big deal. Very cool. It's, um, <clears throat> The words that come to my mind just from this the story that you're sharing is um, release, don't restrict. That when, when you're releasing people rather than restricting people, um, as a dad, I've had to learn over the years, there's times where I've got to release my son, even though I know he's going to make some mistakes. Um, but uh, he'll learn from those mistakes knowing that he was released so that he, he wasn't restricted in it. And uh, in all of our relationships to hold our relationships passionately, but hold them loosely. Yeah. Um, because ultimately the greatest relationship that any of us can have is our relationship with the creator. Yeah. Uh, comes through knowing Jesus. And, um, but, you know, we're responsible to um, to represent the heart and the character of God to each other. And um, so you do that passionately, but you, you hold it loosely at the same time so that people feel like that they're, they're not being restricted, they're not being held back or they're not being controlled, but there is a sense of liberty and freedom to, um, to grow, even if that means making a couple of mistakes along the way. But yeah. I think that's probably... That's probably been my philosophy over the years. I know with my own boys, and the cool thing is, I can I can sit here t tonight, this morning for you, um, and you know, my three boys are three of my 
best buddies, my best mates on the planet. Yeah. And we talk literally every second day. I talk with each one of them and I think, man, what did I, what did I do right to, to deserve that? Because I've met plenty of people who have broken relationships with their children or with their parents. And yet how precious is it to, that I, I can just call Ryan at any time and have a great conversation. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm rambling on a bit, but no, that's you're, you're not, that's dead as dead on man. Yeah, yeah. It's something very cool about that. And to me, that's, that's kingdom stuff. That's not, that's not the good old Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. It's, right. it's simply the favor of God and the grace of God over our lives because we're pursuing him. Yeah. And um, that's the best thing that we can be doing on any given day. Yeah. It's so good. Amen. Well, that question, man, as we wrap up today, uh, that something in your life that you'd say held you back or, you know, to some degree you, you had to overcome and you felt, you, you know, you got freed up from to be who you were made to be. Um, what, what's something, what's something you would say to that? And maybe to even encourage people that might have a similar, um, re, you know, similar reson resonance with something that you, you, you've personally walked through, uh, just as people are listening, you know, already you've shared a lot that I know people are going to resonate with and be extremely impacted by, but is there anything that stands out when you think about, man, you're, you're freed up to kind of build up story. I'd have to say, Chase, um, I, I spent most of my childhood years and my teenage years um, feeling like I was never qualified and never good enough. And um, as a nine-year-old kid um, in, Pap in Papua New Guinea, um, my mum and dad sat us down one night, my brother and sister and I, and said there's something mum was having these strange seizures and um they sat us down and said we think we need to go back to australia well i had no idea where australia was because i lived my entire life in papua new guinea but that was the beginning of a of a, a, a pretty tough journey for not only myself but for my whole family um, we didn't know it but um, my mum had a brain tumour. This is back in 1969. And so we travelled back to this country called Australia and uh, had to resettle in a big city just south of Sydney. And um, for the next seven years, wonder what was wrong with mum. And these seizures over the years just got worse and worse. Um, and... Uh, and yet that drew me really close to my mum. And I'll never forget some words that she said once to me when I was really questioning God and questioning life. And as a young teenager, I'd given my life to Jesus, which I did at the kitchen table with my mum when I was about 13 years old. <laughs> um, she looked at me one night and she said, Steve, don't ever allow the things that you don't understand to rob you of what you do understand. And if you know the Lord and you know that he loves you, if your identity is in Christ, then that's all you've got to hang on to. So don't ever allow the other things that you don't understand to rob you of that. That's like, wow, mom, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. That's yeah. gold. Wow. Um, and, and I've never forgotten it. Um, my mum, after seven years, they finally discovered that 
you know, um, the brain scan machines have been invented and they finally found that she'd been living with this horrible brain tumor for years and they had to operate on her and we had to say good, goodbye to her at the hospital. I probably would have been 17 years old and um, had spent my entire teenage years basically nursing a, um, you know, um, somebody who was um, disabled in a sense. And yet we didn't know what was wrong with her. Anyway, um, miraculously, she went to the hospital and um, she led everyone in the cancer ward um, to the Lord before her operation, <laughs> including some of the nurses. Mm. And um, yeah, she, she survived the operation and the Lord gave her 10 more years. Oh, wow. of, um, uh, you know, she recovered um, well enough that it was still mum. Uh, she couldn't read and write as well. She couldn't speak as well, but she still had all her faculties. And uh, so that was really precious to have 10 yeah. more years with her. Um, but all that to say is a, a lot of the faith and a lot of the, um, I guess, the the grace and the grit that has come from my journey has really come from the experiences that I went through as a young man, watching my mother in a very difficult, you know, physical condition. Yeah. And yet she had such a joy and such a peace and such a faith that I, I remember thinking, Lord, if I can have just a little bit of what she's got, I, I can run this race. And yeah. uh, so when she passed away in 1989, I was, um, four days before I was about to go on a national tour of Australia with, uh, as the support artist for uh, Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant. Let's go. And um, so I, yeah, I buried my mum and then went on the road touring every, you know, these huge big entertainment and performing arts centres around Australia with, um, with two great Americans. But anyway, that's... Um, I'll probably get a bit off track. I'm just wanting to encourage everyone. Sometimes you're not going to feel like you're good enough. And yet there's people in your life that totally believe in you. My mum really believed in me and really encouraged me. And um, yeah, you've got people like that in your life and uh, don't ever allow the enemy to rob you of what, of the things you don't understand. And a part of that is like, man, I'm just not good enough for this. Yeah. So I won't do it. Don't ever say that to yourself. Um, pick yourself up and get out there and have a go. Yeah. Amen. So good. Man, th thank you for your your wisdom. Thanks for sharing part of your story, uh, testimony and journey of life. And uh, you and, and Carrie were in that season. You know, you mentioned the the four months together, although we haven't seen each other maybe once since that that time 13 years ago um because of how much time we spent in that four months together we probably spent what what in a lot of my relationships around me are the equivalent of you know being with yeah. each other through right 
you know, you think about even extended family at times, sometimes maybe you see three, four, five times a year. My parents are, you know, they live in Arizona now and we probably see them four or five times a year, maybe at this point. And, uh, over those days we're together, you know, you stack that up for four months and that's, that's kind of what we got. You know, I, I, it was a really good perspective the way you worded it. Uh, but man, it's you guys cool quality time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, um, and man, I'll just never forget the way the, the two of you and, uh, the way you opened up your lives to me so quickly without, without any, I didn't deserve that. Right. You, you, but you did it. And, uh, it to this day is impacted me, impacting me. And it, subsequently the people I'm getting the opportunity to be in life with my children, my marriage, um, you, you guys got to be a part of the li- listening to me talk about this girl named Holly and the Skype, the long Skype session hours that I would spend at times, but I'd be paying for those little, <laughs> the, those data sticks to put in my laptop so I can Skype Holly, you know, and you guys were probably thinking like this kid and just, you know, um, but in fact, man, in fact, tech, this is the last thing I want to say, cause I, we got to wrap this up for sure. But like, so the C- the CD that I, my first little EP, right. Made that and. Shane was such a huge part of helping me get that all put together. And, and, um, you know, you guys had said, Hey, here's, here's kind of a ballpark amount, uh, of money. We'd encourage you to try to find, to raise, to kind of help cover the costs for you to be out here with us and things like that. And, um, you know, which I understand now too, was, was probably significantly under what, uh, what I actually ended up costing the tour when it came to my expenses, uh, you know, outside of those things. But in addition to that, um, got the opportunity to sell some of these CDs at those, you know, concerts, you know, with, uh, opening up for, for you guys and, and Jordan and Trent and, um, that selling those CDs was what, uh, was, uh, allowed me to pay for a wedding ring that my wife still wears obviously to this day almost 11 years of being married it was by selling these cds at heritage tour concerts that i was able to save um and put 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 up by a by a wedding ring and um and then at the end of the concert uh end of the tour i'll never forget this um the way that you and carrie there was a, a moment you, you guys basically handed me some 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 money and i remember thinking to myself what in the world i know i cost this I know I cost this family and this tour much more than, than I, than I paid for. Um, and, uh, they've already sacrificed a lot. What are they doing? Giving me more than what I've already cost. Um, and I remember, I remember weeping on the airplane, uh, when I began to really just take all of that in and, and coming home thinking about what I was walking away with. And, um, to the very last moment of me leaving your guys, family and home, you, you guys were giving and sacrificing and, and investing in me. And, uh, and it was just uncommon, man. And it, it, it marked me in a way that, um, like it, it'll, it'll be the rest of my life and, and my kids will get to hear about it. And, um, and, and I'm just so thankful for it because I know I'm not the only one that that's happened with. There's been countless people who've been impacted by you your ministry and your 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 wife's ministry for the years that you've uh, gotten to, to love and serve people and and yet still right you you're not done you got you got even greater days in front of you I, I believe than what you've already gotten to experience and uh, and so that's gonna be cool to continue to watch you know I hope 23 album 23 or 24 man it's got to be in the works right you gotta be you gotta be uh, having some new uh, some new songs I'm sure the Lord's brewing up and um, can't can't wait to hear. Uh, what continues to come, you know, come out of the heart yeah. uh, of, of Steve Grace and, and Carrie Grace. So love you guys a lot.
love you too. And I remember many a nights, Kerry and I think, man, on that tour all those years ago, thinking, man, this young man's got a real addiction problem. And the addiction is a young lady called Holly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, for sure. Well, I'm glad all of that time spent on Skype didn't go to waste. Um, it sure did. What a great event. What a great all those little prepaid cards that you had to go yeah on. i'm saying she could have she could have probably had a much bigger diamond on that ring if i didn't have to spend so much money on skype uh data credits as we were there. <laughs> oh man appreciate it man with with that for everybody uh watching and listening thanks for joining us today on the chase Monroe podcast uh and with that we'll see you next time thanks for listening